Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Blazer Victory Podcast. John Duncan here, and I'm joined, as always, with my co-host, Darian Smith. And Darian, um, you know, we've got we've got a loaded, another loaded episode for you guys, but hopefully we will be able to keep this episode for around <laughs> the 30-minute mark. But, hey, that's uh, to be determined. Uh, but, hey, Darian, how you doing today, buddy? I'm doing good, man. had some good church this morning, ate some good food, and I'm um, ready to get into some good football talk. So yes, always good. Always good to be here with you breaking this thing down. baby. Yes. Well, let's go. Well, we'll go ahead and hey, drop it again. Hey, if you guys haven't heard, we did drop our uh, Blazer Victory podcast merchandise, whether it's a T-shirt, hoodie, long sleeve shirt, whatever. You can go to www.storefrontier.com slash Blazer pod. And again, I will put that link in the description of the podcast notes and click that and go get you a T-shirt and help support the show. But Darian, we did get uh, some announce on, uh, an announcement on Twitter uh, just this past week that uh, Cameron Faison, a JUCO running back, is now actually enrolled um, at UAB. Um, you know, coming over from the JUCO uh, from Dodge City out in Kansas. Uh, does anything pop off to you about Cameron? Oh yes, of course. It's, I'm curious to see, like, um, since he's enrolled now, how they're going to do his classification and red shirt and. How how is that gonna look? And then you know it's in, you know interesting because we have such a loaded running back room, so he must think he must have a lot of confidence in betting on himself that hey I can I can come in here I can still make a difference even though I see all these good run, running backs in here. Right. But uh, but uh, also just looking at his film, he is uh, he he reminds you a lot of school. He does. Jermaine Brown, man, he's a. Uh, I believe he he wore that number one. He was a sleek looking running back, a lot of speed, a lot of shiftiness, a lot of fight in him. So, um, yeah, just think of school. And if you remember school, if you go back and look at his film coming out of high school, um, even though uh, Cameron is coming out of junior college, it's almost identical. You know, the shiftiness, the speed, the breakaway speed, the breaking, the tackles. Right. Um, the maneuverability. I, I, I think he's a, a great pickup. I, I think he's going to be an all-purpose guy. You know, you probably screen, slot, return game. I think he can do all of it. And um, just looking back, I saw that he had some pretty big offers coming out of high school, too. So he had a lot of D1 offers um, from P5 think, schools. Yeah, I think South Carolina was one of those offers, if I'm not yeah, mistaken. Correct. And so... He um he had a lot of buzz around him, and to just add to the ammunition we have in the running game, I mean, can't can't beat it, baby. Like it's yeah. it's, it's just a it just shows to where we are at as a program that uh, guys like that has to they have to come in and they have to compete to to try to get some kind of playing time. Back in back in the day, it was like those guys coming in they expecting to start. Mm-hmm. Now, now, now they're hoping to get on the field when it's because it's so much talent. It's not, it's not a knock against them, but they have to prove so much to just get playing time, not even start. And no, I think yeah. we, I think we should just take a moment and and just uh, celebrate that fact. I'm tell, I, I agree 100 percent, Darren. I mean, it just shows the loaded depth that we have at that running back position. And guys, if you missed it a couple episodes ago. We dropped our uh, offensive preview for the UAB football 2022 season. So definitely go back there and check it out and just, you know, hear all about that running back talent that we have. Not even just Debo and Skull, you know, behind him, A.J. Gates and, 
you know, Lee Witherspoon, who we'll get into him in a second after this second scrimmage. Um, but, I mean, yeah, that, it's just a loaded uh, backfield um, in that running back room. And this guy, yeah, I, I agree 100%. He does remind you of school. Um, you look at his size, he had 5'10", 165, but he still has that pop and speed. Um, but, yeah, definitely can't wait to see, uh, you know, get him, you know, like, you know, he's enrolled. As of right now, August 21st, he is not listed on the uh, the 2022 roster. Um, but, yeah, we'll, we'll just have to wait and see as far as, you know, how redshirting process is or, or what, uh, you know, UAB decides to do going forward with Cameron. But uh, definitely uh, great to get him and just adds – you know, to that running back room depth. Um, yeah, but, what I what I what I realized with that whole process, especially somebody coming from JUCO, mm-hmm. I never knew they had so many different color shirts. You got yeah, the red you shirt. got gray <laughs> shirt. Hey, you got all of them. Nice. <laughs> it, it, it's it's more than that. I remember looking at the list, and it, it, it it's a different reason for for a different one. So he mm-hmm. might have um, gotten gray shirted or something like that. And um, you probably see him pop up on the roster at some point of time or it may see him may see it next spring or something. I it's, it's you know, they have to work those numbers out based on how many scholarships they're um able to give and how they wanna how they wanna try to work it out what they're trying to keep available. And um so I'm pretty sure it's one of those scenarios going on. Yeah, definitely glad you said that. Um but hey, let's go ahead and get into the uh the end of fall camp. You know, fall camp has officially uh ended now that they had their last scrimmage on Saturday. Um you know, coach kind of had that thing wrapped up, you know, none of us could get out there, which is okay, completely understandable. You know, you're getting ready getting that last you know, really good warm up uh heading into the season, but UAB did put out just, you know, a couple notes uh and news from that scrimmage. And uh, we'll go ahead and just dive into that, Darian, and just kind of, you know, go over what UAB released from the scrimmage. And the first thing that kind of stands out to me is that really it kind of looks like the offense kind of won the scrimmage, which, which in my opinion is great to hear because really, you know, for the first scrimmage that you were able to go to, Darian, it, it kind of does seem that the defense kind of won that scrimmage, especially with the interceptions, you know, Will Bowler and everything, just the, the defensive speed. You know, we saw that or we heard that the offense was able to move the ball, you know, a good bit on the defense. But overall, it seems like the defense won the first scrimmage. And then here mm-hmm. we are on the second scrimmage where it kind of looks like the offense kind of fought back and really kind of took over this scrimmage. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I remember, you know, from the first scrimmage, what was so encouraging to me is I'm so used to the scrimmages being the defense dominating so much of it. Right. But but from the first scrimmage I saw, it was it was a lot of back and forth. And then I, I saw the defense holding when they needed to. Mm-hmm. So it was even though the um the offense was able to move the ball, um, you know, first downs, they were getting first downs, but the defense wasn't necessarily letting them score, or the defense was turning them over in certain instances. So kind of like a um, bend but not break kind of mentality. Ex- exactly. It was like yeah, you can get a field goal or something out of this, or but you couldn't. You, it wasn't too many conversions on fourth downs, or like the defense did a good job. And that's what I wanted to see from the defense from that first scrimmage was how was our D line going to be able to hold up and especially against our offensive line. And we, man, they did a good job when I said showcasing that speed being all over the field. It just instilled a lot of encouragement, but. I really like, like I said, from the offense, it was clean because you got to think, you know, in scrimmages, you still trying to, y'all trying to figure out you're too deep or whatever. Right. But I guess, I guess with the spirit of competition being in the building, 
everybody was on their A games. It was hardly any flags. It was hardly any uh, miscommunication of people lined up wrong. That is so encouraging to see because it, it shows that you have a great communicating team that's well-led, um, that's focused and locked in. That's what you need from an offense. Because right. we all know as soon as you get penalized and you get set back five, ten yards, it's hard to make mm-hmm. up that distance. And it kind of it kind of kills the drive. So we didn't have a lot of that. So just going into that second scrimmage, it seemed like that they was trying to more so establish the two, uh, which is which is going to be hard to do with this team because it's like we like five deep at each position. It seemed, you know, right. it seems like it seems like we got so many guys that can play in that rotation, but um. You know what you think. I, I think that uh, from some of the notes I saw, it seemed like Dylan Dylan may have solidified himself. You know, I think, and I think I think he has. And you know, and Steve Irvine even said on his Twitter account that uh, Brian Vincent was going to announce probably early this week. Uh, you're probably you guys are probably listening to this Monday morning or Tuesday morning. Probably by now, um, Brian Vincent has probably announced that Dylan Hopkins will be the number one. But but it is note worth to note that. I mean, Vincent has said that he's wanting to play multiple quarterbacks. So, hey, Zeno, and you know, hey, I got to go to the practice facility Friday to catch out uh, to check out practice. And hey, Zeno can spin it. You know, he can spin that ball, man. It, it was just great getting to see him in person again. And he looks. I mean, hey, if 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 Dylan if Dylan something happens with Dylan, I think we're going to be in good in hands with, with good hands with uh, Jacob Zeno. But I do think that Dylan has kind of solidified himself as QB one, at least, you know, heading into the Alabama A&M game, but expect an announcement shortly if you haven't heard one already. Right. And he's earned that from last year's play. Yes. Leading up into how he's been doing this year. He's earned it. He's been with this team for a while. And, but I, I like to see that him and Zeno look so similar. Yes, um, they when, do. When, when, when you go out there and watch them, they have, they kind of have the same speed. They, have the same um, command of the offense. Um, one thing I did like about seeing about Jacob Zeno, sometimes you get um, transfers coming in and they kind of think they're above, you know, if they went to certain programs or they was this certain highly rated recruit coming out of high school. But just listening, talking to Steve and hearing about his character and me seeing him, every time he was on the sideline, he was so engaged. Mm-hmm. He, he was always talking, always cheering, always just trying to help and get with somebody. He was picking up trash. He was he was doing everything to be such a positive leader. And that, to me, that stood out, especially as somebody that transferred over and could have seen him in another way. No, he was completely humble. He was um, He was communicating. He was in command. He was just doing whatever he could at any time. So big props to him for being that light. Even if he doesn't start, he'll still be able to play. And he and he has to be ready to play. And it, like you said, I have 100% confidence in him. Like just seeing mm-hmm. how he conducts himself as a young man. Agreed. Not only how he not, not only how he plays football. But um, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't be worried if something was to happen. And just looking at, I think we can kind of project the rest of the offense and in, in, in the defense and see what defense is almost as if we. I don't even know if it matters if someone starts or not <laughs> because we got so many guys. It's like they're gonna right. be rotating in so many guys. That's the point being they're gonna rotate in so many guys that you know everybody's gonna be able to play. I think on offense is more important, especially uh, offensive line wise. I mean we're deep, but you have to have a unit. Uh, a cohesive unit um 
we have a lot of returning starters there. I'm 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 just so pumped and excited. Oh, and then, and I love reading from Steve. He said a lot about like our young talent. Yes, that that, that we have waiting in the wings. Iverson, Hooks, uh, Travion, Miles, guys mm-hmm. like that. They talking about the plays that they've been making. I'm just so happy to hear that, man. We just got those guys. We we're loading we're loading up already. We have them, and they're gonna they're gonna get a year in the program because we're so deep. I doubt they'll be able to play this year, but to, to get them the red shirt and get them familiar with everything, right? And get them in that weight room, and then we can unleash them in a year, man. That's that's how you build at a program like UAB. It, it really is, and also just to kind of agree with what you said last week, Darren. You know, going. Going to practice on Friday, even though it was a very, very light practice uh, because, you know, they're trying to take it easy before that last scrimmage, uh, you know, of course. But it seems, you know, just walking around, every position group seemed to be dialed in. Like, uh, it's like they're already in game mode, you know, now. Like, they were, they were, like they were treating that scrimmage on Saturday like a real game. And that's, right. what, you, what, that's what you want to see and hear out of your program. It's like... I think these guys are ready, and I think they're ready for a breakout 2022 season. I just can't wait to get to September 1st and for everybody to see this team in action. Like, I'm, I'm just so pumped, man. Everybody just seems dialed in and just ready to go. So what did you think about the overall environment? It, when I was there, it just seemed so positive and just – it was, dude. Everybody was clicking with each other. Like everybody, every, like you said, you know, you you saw Zeno clapping, cheering. Everybody was cheering on their teammates. There was no, I didn't see any head down. Like everybody knew that, hey, it's, it's game time. You know, hey, I might be, you know, two or third on the depth chart, possibly, but hey, I'm still gonna get in because this team is so deep that everybody is gonna get their chance and. And hopefully against Alabama A and M, you know, get a lot of chances. Uh, <laughs> right, get, get that game out. Hope. Yeah, <laughs> that's the hope. But you know what? I we I don't want anybody from Alabama A and M. They may be listening. They may hear this. They think we're overlooking them. Uh, we're excited. We're pumped up to play. We don't overlook anybody. I mean, y'all y'all are a threat to beat us just as much as any other team. So. Hey, and you I, want a real quick uh, a statement, real quick, Darren? Too. Hey, we all remember that 2019 game against Alabama State, where UAB right, was, very well could have lost that game. So hey, exactly. We, <laughs> we was uh, we know how it can go. It's football, right. you know. But right. and, and y'all and they put on their cleats and they put on their pants. Just the way y'all guys do. And they train. They worked hard for their opportunities. That's why I want us to go in and crush them. Mm-hmm, <laughs> that's right. That's, that is the reason. So us saying that it's almost like a sign of respect. I don't want to. Listen, I don't want to give y'all hope. I don't want to give no team hope, whoever we mm-hmm. play. I don't want any of them. So I want us to go in and, and crush them. That's what yes. I want. <laughs> and, just, and just real quick, too, hey, next week, we I cannot wait for you guys to hear the guests that we're going to have on to discuss Alabama A&M and that program. It's a guy I really respect, and I will just leave that as a little cliffhanger into next week when we start our interviews for the season. Um, I've you know, we've, I believe we've got them lined up every week, uh, knock on wood, uh, Darian. So I'm definitely excited for, you know, for Blazer fans to and, and just at Conference USA fans, college football fans, just to listen in and of, of the guest lineup that we have this year for the UAB 2022 football season. I cannot wait for you guys to hear it. And it starts next week with our Alabama A&M preview. Uh, but r- real quick, Darian, just a couple notes that I wanted to bring up just hearing, you know, for, well, from what UAB put out about the uh, scrimmage. Uh, Saturday is Lee Witherspoon, man. Evidently, he had a 45-yard touchdown uh, run. Um, you know, just going back to that running back depth. I mean, hey, Debo, School, 
AJ Gates, we heard about last week, or you told us about last week, and now you got Lee Witherspoon. I mean, and, and it, but people, you know, you're forgetting about Zeus Perryman, too. Like, there's so much depth in this running back room. And, hey, if these running backs are performing well on these scrimmages, you, you know what that's got to say about those big men up front. It's, it, it means that they're doing their job, too, to be busting yeah. these plays. Yeah. Yeah, man. So what I was there, they were they were creating creases left and right. It was a crease um, for everybody to run through. And we, I'm like, man. But I, our defense did a good job of yielding at the right time and saying, hey, all right, let's shut this down, you know. And our defense did a good job at that scrimmage of not giving those big plays up or whatever. But I like how they describe Lee Witherspoon's run. They say how he reversed field and mm-hmm. he made it was a highlight play. And I remember seeing him. I was, I was like, okay, there's Lee Witherspoon um, at their first scrimmage. Like he was flashing, and you know, just hearing how all the coaches talk about how he's been getting back to himself after breaking his leg. He broke it. You know, he was out after transferring. You know, and after having a, um, a good spring, he broke his leg and wasn't able to show his stuff. Mm-hmm. I think I think we can legit have a four running back rotation, five running back rotation. <laughs> you know, like I know that's we, that's kind of unrealistic to have five running backs. What I mean is we have five running backs. That but play. exactly like that, you could hey, like really all five of these guys. I mean, <laughs> they could go start at a lot of other schools right away. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like the, exactly. So it's just great to. Just to have that, you know, you know, knock on wood, you don't want any injuries. But I mean, hey, you're you're deep, so. Um, but yeah, looking forward to seeing what those guys in the backfield do all season long. And I, you know, in, in our offensive preview, you know, I really think Skull is going to have a breakout year. Of course, everybody in the world knows what Debo can do, and I think he's going to continue to do big things this year. But I'm telling you, man, y'all need to watch out for Skull. He looks, he he looks like he's going to break out this year, and I cannot wait to see that happen you know i anticipate it happening right and who who was your official guy on defense your breakout guy fish mcwilliams man i'm still expecting big things uh to kind of let him just be that leader up front on that defensive line um so i hope i get to see that this year man i really do think fish is primed to have a big year and it's just great to see him kind of you know speaking up in practice you know trying to be that vocal leader up front um but you got some guys man i mean you know we we kind of hit on last week on our defensive preview that the defensive line might be the uh, not the weakest, but the most, uh, the least experienced, uh, at least for starting experience. But I mean, there's some dudes up there, man. You know, you got two Azama, um, you know, coming in. I think he 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 looked the part. Um, mm-hmm. So you got some dudes up there, but I definitely expect uh, Fish McWilliams to uh, kind of take charge and hold up that line up front. So right, we'll, yeah. we'll have to so, see. You're, you're, okay, my guy is Kobe Dempsey. I I have uh, bought my season tickets to the Kobe Dempsey train. Like yes. everybody else, that is that is my guy that I predict. You know, that is going to have a uh, a major impact on the on the team this year on the defense. So, and um, on offense, who was the guy I was officially going with? I'm gonna go. Hmm. This uh, offense is a, is a tough one because they, it, it's easy to just be like Debo, you know. Well, how about one but, of those uh, big guys up front? Where who who do you expect the most um, improvement? I, I guess you know. I, I really like. I think Sidney Wells, man. Seeing him in person, I'm like, man, this guy looks like he's on a mission. You know, after not, right. not playing a lot of last year, you know, I think he's ready to come in and just take it over. Okay, and, and depending, hmm, Sidney Wells, I like that one. You know. 
I, I'm not doing this because I'm not biased. He's a sinner. I, I, I swear, and that, it's not because he wears the number 75. <laughs> but, but Will, I just like his command on the team. I've talked about yeah. it. I like, I like his pulse on it. He, he. I like a guy that that knows the play and you know, is confident in knowing each play. That, that knows the audibles. And um, so it allows them to play fast and mm. communicate quick and react to pressure fast. Like he has all of those qualities, and um, that's why he's the guy I'm looking at. As far as skill position, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with to to Tejan Palmer. That's the guy. I'm gonna, not Palmer. Is it Palmer? Yeah, Tejan no, no, no. Palmer. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's, I'm getting. Oh yeah, we have a Jordan Palmer. I was getting confused, but yeah, Tejan Palmer. Um. Yeah, I'm gonna go with him. Just seeing him in person, every time I saw him, I was like he looks like a dude. Like dude, he, he just he, does. Yeah, I saw he's gonna get some catches this year. He's I, I, let me rephrase that. He's gonna get a lot of catches. He that he looks good, dude. Like having him, like have Shrop on one side, and then having him on the other side. Like I can't wait to see what these wide receivers do. And hey, oh, right. I got to see Ron Davis, man. Ron Davis is back, so got to say How hey to he him. So. There? He looked good, man. I mean, like I said, it was, it was a light practice. They were just in shorts, you know. But still, man, it, it was just great to see him back on the field. Yeah, yeah. And, and there's so many receivers that that's going to have an opportunity to be that guy, you know, like T.J. Jones and Dexter Boykin. Like, yes. I, I'm excited. I'm excited to see all of these guys, like, to see exactly what they do. Like, um, Samario Rudolph looked really quick, and I think they finally have him in a defined role. Yes, to where uh, he can show show his um skills and ability. Agreed. Well, all right, Darren. Were you ready to jump into our special teams preview for the twenty twenty two season? Yeah, so let's give those guys some love. You know, let's give let's give some punters, kickers, long snappers. Let's give them a little bit of love. Hey, and if, hey, Trey Ragland, if you listening, hey, we, you got your own episode, man. We we didn't put you on the defense, so <laughs> we put the special teams on their own. Ep- well, granted, we did talk about a lot of other stuff, but still. <laughs> yeah, here, here you go. Y'all got your own thing. We appreciate y'all because guess what? In, in the most clutch moments, that's who we yeah, depend on. That's right, it, man. It, it, you it, it lose always a game comes, on special teams. You. It always comes down to um, a block punt or a punt that that flip the field late in the fourth quarter or a kick that can put you up two points. You know, mm-hmm. when, it all, when it all boils down to it, it, it comes down to them, even though they don't do as much practicing as we do. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you said you said that, not me. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, hey, let's just go ahead and jump into these kickers. Um, and, uh, you know, obviously it, start, it starts with Matt Quinn. Uh, Richard Jr., he's back. Last year he was 11 of 16 on his field goal attempts including a career-long 52-yard field goal against Southern Miss. Um, So, hey, really big things, and I expect hopefully, you know, even more things uh, this year. I mean, you know, you go back to that Marshall game in 2020 in the championship. I mean, without those field goals, we wouldn't have won that game. Uh, You know, a lot of people like to call him Matty Ice um, because, you know, when the game's on his shoulders, he's proven – um, but I definitely expect just even more great things out of Quinn again. And, and, you know, you go back to, you know, even just extra points. He was 49 of 50 on extra points for the season. I know he's still, he's still thinking about that one he missed, but Hey, he, he's the back. One away. The one that got away, man. But Hey, but he's back. I expect good things out of him. You look at the kickoff guy, you know, Reese Burkhart. I mean, this was a guy who he was, he, he played in all 13 games last year. Um, it, it would lead, you know, as the Blazers kickoff guy. Um, he had uh, he recorded 76 kickoffs uh, for a total for 40 41 touchbacks out of those 76. 
um, and an average of about 59 um, on his kickoff is, is his average. So, I, you know, hey, I love a guy. You know, you, you remember Vogeltron? I mean, it seems like every time he, 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 he booted into the end zone, he did great things in the USFL this spring. Mm-hmm. Um, right. But it seems that UAB is always blessed with a really good kickoff guy, and I think we, you know, got that with sophomore Reese Burkhart and expect him again this year. And you've even got some guys behind him that could uh, perform. You know, you've got Ty Long's uh, younger brother. He's on. Um, but, hey, I definitely like what I see out of our kickers with Matt Quinn uh, kicking the field goals and extra points and Reese Burkhart uh, on those kickoffs. Like, so, I wonder how much pressure it was on Matt Quinn coming in after Nick Nick Vogel. I, I, and speaking of Nick, and shout out to him. I was able to talk to him um, during a, during a um, scrimmage, he's super cool. Just give me an update on everything what's going on. Pretty cool. But I just know, like, coming after, like, Nick Vogel and Ty Long, I wonder how much pressure, you know, that was for him. And for him to come in and, and, and perform like he has been, that's, that's pretty major. Yeah, and if there is any pressure, hey, he's not showing it. So, you know, he's performing well, and I expect him to continue to perform well. Um, so, great thing. And, hey, we don't want to forget about our punters. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. Kyle, you, you know, you don't want to see him on the field, <laughs> but when you do, when you do, you want a guy like Kyle Greenwood. You know, he's back uh, at the punting position. And hey, and this guy, you know, Kyle, he was named on the Ray Guy Award watch list, which you know, for those that don't know, I mean, that goes out to the nation's uh, top punter every year. Uh, so it's great to have him on that watch list. I mean, and the guy, you know, he he just does his thing. Last year, he averaged 42 yards a punt with about a net average of 38.4. Um, so it's always great to, you know, well, it's never great to have your punter on the field, but when you get them on the field and they're as reliable as Kyle Greenwell is to pin, pin the opposing uh, team deep within their red zone, hey, you can't really ask for a better guy than Kyle Greenwell. It's, it's, it's deflating if, when you know that the other team's punter is, like, awesome. Mm-hmm. So even if, even if you do all of this work, you know that they can – accurately pin you um within the 10 yard line you know they can they can mm-hmm. pin you back and they can they can punt or they can just boot they can boot the heck out of the ball and flip the field on you and, and that's what's not, important yeah and not only boot it far but like put some air time under underneath it so that there's no really no chance of return right i mean that's as a player that's that's deflating. Like if you you do all of this work and it's like, all right, we're gonna get good field position. That no, not really, not giving you any good field position because you have a special punter back there. So I just want I want people to have the proper appreciation for a punter because a punter can really be the difference in the game. Um, so if you if you if a punter is granted you an extra 15, 20 yards, that's two first downs. That that's two that's two more drives that the uh, that an offense have to convert. And then you can you can get a sack or a turnover or anything that because that punter afforded you that ability. So um, I just want everybody to have the proper appreciation for a punter because they can most definitely, especially in a defensive battle, they mm-hmm. most definitely are the difference of the game. Agreed, and almost just as important as the punter is the long snapper. Unless you know UAB's got a great long, a couple of great long snappers actually. Uh, Redshirt junior Cole Kaziah is back as a long snapper. And, you know, we mentioned that 2020 uh, Conference USA Championship game against Marshall. I mean, this was a guy that came in uh, because Jacob Fuqua, you know, was unable to make the game. And Kaziah came in right away and handled snapping duties and did 
you know, was able to help Quinn get those uh, kicks in and the punts off from Kyle Greenwell. Um, this was a guy that was a Conference USA honorable mention. Um, I mean, he handled the snapping duties for all 13 games last year for UAB and even recorded a tackle, I believe. Yep, recorded a tackle. Oh, so, hey, there you go. You like a guy, hey, put snap that, that ball. Put hey. the boom on him. <laughs> <laughs> you love to see it. You love to see it. <laughs> yeah, but it, it's great. You know, the best thing about a long snapper, you're not hearing anything about him because that means hey. – that is, they're like, doing their job. Yep. They're doing their job. Then you're not supposed to. You don't. You don't want to hear about. Hey, what's? You don't want to hear a color con, uh, analyst going. Hey, man, what's going on with the snap? <laughs> no. You know that's the last thing you want to hear. You want to see. Oh, snap is off and kick is good. That's all mm. you want to hear. So if you're not hearing anything about a long snapper, that means they, they are doing their job effectively. Definitely. And hey, and there's a guy behind him too. Um, that a redshirt freshman, Xander Eccles. I mean, this was a a long snapper that was an All-America uh, player at Chelsea High School. So I know, you know, he's ready, too, So when his name's called. So but really, it's really great for UAB to have two extremely talented long snappers because really that, I mean, you know as a center, I mean, hey, I don't think centers get enough love that, well, I know you can probably agree with this, <laughs> the centers don't get enough love, but hey, long snappers don't get enough love. But it's it's like you just said, like you really don't, hear their name unless something goes wrong if they have a bad exactly. snapper or if they snap a ball before they're supposed to like so the best thing is for you not to hear about them and i think they would agree with us exactly and i know the pressure of getting the snap off and doing it right and mm -hmm. it's everybody everybody thinks it's automatic it's not it's not breathing it's not something that just happens you have to practice it i have botched snaps in my life mm -hmm. like I have um, boxed them in critical moments. I know the pressure. It ain't. It's not like it's. You're not trying to. You know, people just have all these questions. Like, oh, why are you? Why did this happen? And be like, I don't know. Like, I didn't try. You think I tried to do that? You know, so <laughs> right. I, I I know the pressure. Like, imagine if it's two seconds left and y'all down two points and y'all got a forty-one yard field goal to win the game. You know. Uh, you think it's you don't think they feel that like you think they mm -hmm. want to mess up they want it to be perfect so um, shout out to all my special team guys you know especially I, like just coming down to it, a lot of times the game come down to y'all and um you know especially in these tight games it's worn like it's worn in the details and you can always point to special teams not only not only the players not only the punters kickers but in, in the return game as well. Yeah, so hey, well, let's go ahead and get into that return game. And and really, I think this year it's going to be Jermaine Brown and Starling Thomas again returning uh, punts and kicks. And I'm telling you, man, like Starling, he was so close a couple of times for, you know, breaking it away and getting a touchdown. Like I, he, I think he's going to get one. Uh, he's going to get a, hopefully one, but hopefully more than that, you know, this year because he, he's got the speed. And he's got the shift in this end. Skull does too. But hey, I, I think Starling's going to take one back to the house this year. Yeah, like I said, I remember mentioning it in one of the pods, I think the defensive pod, mm -hmm. talking to um, some of the strength and conditioning guys. Like one of the first names I hear is Starling Thomas. How fast he is. Like they was talking about the team speed in general, but, but he was like the guy to mention on the team speed. And it's like guys running up to 24 miles per hour. Mm -hmm. like, like just blazing and they said that he even picked up more speed he put in more work just training hard on top of what he's already 
So they 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 know that they've seen a more a faster Starlet Thomas, and they expect him to take at least one back this year. Definitely. Well, that is our special teams preview. And, you know, like, like Darian just mentioned a few minutes ago, I mean, but people don't realize how important special teams is. But, I mean, it's arguably almost just, if not more important than offense and defense because that special teams group is either going to get you, hey, points to the kicking game, points to the return game, but it's also even, you know, it's going to help flip the field and give your, um, you know, give our just suffocate the opposing offense having to start within their own 10-yard line or 5-yard line, wherever, you know. And you Or know, think, you, you yeah. remember Michigan, Michigan State? You oh, hey, uh, when they're blocking <laughs> in the game, that's right. Hey, ask Michigan right. fans. They know about it. <laughs> you remember that, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's what seems important. And hey, going back to 2017, you know, blocking that Louisiana Tech field goal uh, to win the yeah, game. Hey, one. yeah, good one. I still so, remember the sound of when he blocked it. It just boom and echoed throughout the stadium, and it just I, went crazy. I'm telling you, man, I think that's one of the loudest I've ever heard Legion Field. And I mean, I've been to a bunch of games there, and there might not have been 70,000 people there, but man, we. Everybody went crazy after that. Yeah, it's a, it's a special moment. Speaking of that, speaking of our fans, this is a real quick tip. But it was cool seeing um, Jackson um, Jackson Bratton, you know, the linebacker transfer. Steve yeah. did an article about him. It was cool to see him notice, like, hey, man, there's something special about this place. Like, the way that, that, that we embrace each other. It's a real, like, everybody likes each other. Like, mm-hmm. so it, it goes to show you, like, a lot of those bigger places, they might have um, some of those P5 schools, they might have the, the quantity, they might have more people, but the quality here is different. It's like, oh, they really care about me. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, like, so that's the difference being here. You know, people really care about you. So I know that was a quick tip, but I just want to throw that in. No, so, I'm. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because I actually had it in my notes to to bring up Jackson Bratton uh, when you were talking. We, we, we were discussing about Zeno earlier in the show and how you mm-hmm. you know you said he was engaged, and I saw that obviously too. But what what I've noticed from Bratton and Zeno, these are two guys that came from you know very good Power Five programs that transferred into UAB. They're looking around at UAB and like, hey. These guys have the dudes, too. I mean, you know, right. some of these transfers come in, like as you mentioned earlier, that, hey, I'm going to come into a quote-unquote G5 school and I'm going to run the ship. No, man, you've got these very talented power, quote-unquote Power 5 players transferring in, and they're saying, hey, man, this this place is special. This is just as you know good as you know some of these Power 5 teams I've been on. So it's great to see that, you know, the family atmosphere, the comp- competitive atmosphere – that uh, Bryant Vincent seems to be breeding here at UAB so far. It's it's great to see. Right, you took the words right out of my mouth, man. Ain't, ain't too much to add. Just for them to say, oh, y'all got the dudes here too. And mm-hmm. it ain't no, y'all just as big, y'all just as fast. <laughs> you know, like I said, I remember going around to our guys, I'm like, these dudes way bigger than us. They way faster than we were in Orange. They like, yeah. And I'm just talking about we always had some starters, but after that, mm-hmm. it wasn't much like, oh, we looking at three guys at one position. And like Jackson, and like Jackson was saying, they have five guys at linebacker, mm-hmm. six guys at linebacker, and they all can play. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, but you know, we that's that's probably another that's a, another pod. We'll we'll go deep into that if we keep on going. So, 
Definitely. Well, hey, well, we've got just a couple things as we hit the 35 minute mark, but we've got a couple things we want to discuss uh, today. And that's just Dar- what Darian and I kind of expect uh, our, our the UAB 2022 season expectations. And then also the 2022 conference USA expectations as UAB uh, plays its last year of football in conference USA. Um, but Darian, let's let's just talk about UAB season in general. What what do you think? What what's the ceiling for this team? What's the floor for this team? Or what 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 are you expecting? And I guess we can just have a a, a few minute dialogue about what we we anticipate this season being. So of course the ceiling for this team is championship. Yes. Um, that's what it's about, I, man. Hey. That's what it's about. Conference championship. That's the ceiling for this team. Our out of um who are. Our, who is our out of conference this year? Is it LSU? So, so, so yeah, the big the the money game is LSU. That's our Power Five um, road game. But I, what I think is kind of even more important than the LSU game is the at Liberty Week Two. Like, try you know for the some of the players, hey, it is going to be a revenge game. You know, they ruined our uh, stadium opening grand opening uh, this past year. But that is such a big game, Week Two. Like you're going to Lynchburg, Virginia, and you, you're trying to take on, you know, Hugh Freeze and the Liberty Flames as as they're independent, but they're transitioning into Conference USA next year. As UAB is playing its last year in Conference USA and transitioning to the American Conference next year. I mean, I it's not a conference game, so it's it's not as important as the conference games. Mm-hmm. But believe me, this game, I, I think, you know, UAB, you know, should win the game. It's going to be tough, but UAB should win the game. But I think that game right there is one that I've got highlighted on the schedule. Um, and really the conference game, two conference games that I have uh, highlighted um, on the 2022 schedule is, of course, November 5th against UTSA. That's going to be a huge game. And I do think that uh, game, uh, will decide know. the conference, you know, who gets into the championship game. Um, but another one I have is at Western Kentucky Friday night, right. uh, October twenty first. Like, I mean, I remember back in twenty nineteen going to Bowling Green, and you know, unfortunately, UAB losing that game, a very close, hard fought game against the Hilltoppers. Um, I, I do think Western Kentucky won't be as good as they were last year because they do lose just so much on the no, offensive side of the ball. No Bailey Zap, no Zap. It, yeah, no, hey, no Zappy. You lost your offensive coordinator. You lost your best wide receiver. Um, and you lose D'Angelo Malone on the defensive side of the ball, the defensive front. I, I do think they will take a step back, but that is just a very important game. You know, with it being a Friday night game, too, like, I, I really have that one highlight. But, of course, the UTSA game, um, I mean, that's got to be highlighted. That That's going to decide who gets in the conference USA championship. And who knows? I mean, with it being only an 11-team uh, conference this year, you could – Face somebody again that you played, you know, so, hey, maybe they can meet again in the championship game. And this is just Darian and I speaking on the podcast. Of course, the coaches are saying, what are they saying, Darian? Take it, what, one game at a time? Right. <laughs> so, you you know they're dialed this, in on Alabama a and this, this is us being able to be fans. Like, this it, is right. us being able to be fans of, of the game. So, uh, you know, the, the players got and coaches got to handle it one way. Us as fans, we get to do – this is what we do, you mm-hmm. know. And um, I like being on this side of it. I mean, I I, I agree with you early. I think the um, that Liberty game will say a lot. I do really expect us to really go up there and take that game because last year it seemed like a lot of Malik Willis magic. 
And who do they not have this year? <laughs> they don't. They don't have that guy. Trust me, it was him. And he was making a lot of plays for them. They, he was very special. That probably was his best game he played. It was. I think so. And that's all you. Hey, during the NFL draft, like that's. It hurt like watching because there was like all the highlights they would show was <laughs> of that game, and I'm like, man, I can't. I don't want to see that anymore. <laughs> he really showed his stuff on it, you know. But they don't have him, and I think we're a deeper team. I think we have more speed to be able to deal with guys like that this year versus last year. And we were dealing with a lot of injuries at that time. Mm-hmm. But um, I do think that is, that's going to be important. Of course, you know, the Alabama and A&M game, um, I'm, interested, I'm interested in seeing us if we're going to start off as sound as I saw in the scrimmage. I want to see that continue. I don't want to see us let off the gas because, oh, it's Alabama. No, I want us to play ball. I want us to play UAB football, no matter who we play against, and I want us to do it without. I don't want to see the penalties this year. Yeah, that's that, I do not. Yeah. That, that killed us so much. I can. It was so many. How many games did we see last year where it was like a penalty taking back a touchdown or a penalty wiping a sack away or a mm-hmm. turnover? Like it killed you- us. Getting us behind the chains all the time. Yeah, so many head scratching moments. Like, really, why did we have to do that? I mean, I get, you know, obviously, I get being aggressive, and you want your team to be aggressive. But there's a line where it's like, okay, you, you know, hey, it's been four seconds since he threw that ball. You know, you don't need to touch that quarterback. <laughs> exactly, and we put ourselves, we did, we put ourselves in a whole bunch of situations mm-hmm. that we shouldn't have been in. I'm not pretty sure penalties. At least last year, at least decided at least two two games. Yeah, I would say give or take. So if we can just um, from what I saw at the scrimmage and what Brian Vincent has been saying is um, if we can continue that type of play, I think that is so much of an underrated improvement. Uh, you know what? I don't. Even, I won't even say underrated because Blazer fans. <laughs> No, and, and hey, you look at the stats too. I mean, UAB twenty twenty one. I mean, we were like in the top five of most penal, penalized teams, so it definitely showed. Like, right. and, but right. I agree with you, Darian. Like, I think Vincent. Like, from what I've seen, from what you've seen in the scrimmage, I I don't anticipating having. I mean, you always have maybe one kind of dumb penalty because I mean, maybe you know you don't really know what's going on. But I definitely don't. I definitely expect not to see as many as we have in the years past. Because guys are replaceable this year. Yeah. Like, if you don't want to use or play with any kind of IQ this year, you can mm-hmm. be replaced by a guy. And I'm not saying that out of uh, – I'm saying that I'm, – I'm, I'm saying that as a compliment to our the competition. Yeah. And, and I the think talent. the guys I think the guys know that too. Like I, I think right. they know yeah. So they know hey, you know, you got Bratton saying, Hey, there's this this linebacker unit is five, six deep. Like, hey, I think they know it. So they know not to make any dumb mistakes. Right. So it's just to go back and you know, all that in context is I believe that um I I, I believe the ceiling is championship. I believe the expectation is championship. I believe I truly believe that, but I also want to see us take that leap forward in those and out of conference games. So, me too. If it's a P, if it's a P five, you know LSU, whatever, we can win that. We have mm-hmm. the talent, we have the depth, we can show that we belong over mm-hmm. there with y'all. We can beat y'all. We are a threat. Stop looking at us as a quote unquote money team or. No, I, anybody that's in this team, Jackson and Jacob Zeno and 
Steve Irvine, all you saw the team, anybody that sees them, they can tell like, hey, these guys, we we are just as big, we are just as fast, and we should, we belong to be in the AAC. Yes. Not only do we belong to be there because we used to play all those teams anyway. Right. But not, but not only do we belong to be there, but we can lead that conference. Mm-hmm. Like I, I really believe I, I feel like we should go over there. I want us to see, I want to see us be. The UAB we are now here in CUSA, I want us mm. to be the same thing over there, and I believe we got the talent and the ability to do that. I agree with you. Um, and, and obviously, you know, but just like you said, I, I'd love to, you know, hopefully have a shot at beating LSU, hopefully beat LSU, but hopefully, you know, just to be competitive in that ball game, show that we belong on the same field. Um, but I do think that Liberty game week two is probably my most uh, – if you had to pick a non-conference game that is the most important, I would probably be picked at Liberty. Because if you win that ho- – Beat Alabama A&M. You go into Lynchburg and beat Liberty two and zero. You got to think we beat Georgia Southern since they're getting away from the triple option. That's going to be a couple year process under uh, under the guy that uh, left USC. Um, but I, I think that Liberty game is just so important. And, and obviously, the the most important uh, conference USA game is going to be that UTSA. Yeah. yeah. So, so, but they, but they got to come here this year. Now, they hey, got to come here, baby. They they got a bye week before us though, so Judy Judy gave them that bye before us. So oh, it's all right, it's okay. But you know <laughs> another, another one that I I got circled, and they they have the coolest. They have cool fans from the ones that I'm able to see anyway. But Rice, Rice. Oh, they, hey, we got some business that, to take care of them. Hey, we got some business. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not letting Rice slide with that man because you know what? Like I said, Rice is cool. Rice is not. Listen, Rice isn't like Southern Miss. You know, like those, no. those like, you know, like Rice, they, they, you know, they, Southern Miss fans, so another, you know, that's another story. But, but Rice fans, you know, they're cool. But Rice did it. They kind of flapped their gums a little bit after they win. Like, it's they, people, they, they bully, bully, you know, like, hey, they thought they were going to do this and that. And a lot of that was led by their head coach. And I'm like, he's doing a little bit too much talking for my liking. Now, you see, I agree, though. Now, to give Mike Bloomgren some respect, I mean, yeah, the last two years, Rice has really each year had one really good win. I mean, you go back to the 2020 season when they beat Marshall, when I think Marshall was ranked in the top 25, beat them, and then, you know, somehow managed to get out of Protective Stadium last year um, and beat a heck of a UAB football team in Protective Stadium. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I've got that one kind of circled as well. And that being, hey, being the first conference game, too. You know, UAB coming off of a bye week after the Georgia Southern game and starting conference, starting it on the road in Houston. But got to think that the guys are going to be dialed in for that game. Got to get them. We got to get them. So, yeah, that, those are my expectations and things I'm looking forward to. And, hey, I, I agree 100%. I think it's Conference USA Championship or bust. Like, I mean, but but that's – and that's what Coach Vincent had said. He said time and time again, like, these are the expectations of the UAB football program that Coach Clark set. We want mm-hmm. to compete year in and year out for the champ for the conference championship, and not only compete for it, but go and win the championship. So that is definitely my hey expectations for this year is go go play for that championship game. Hopefully, have it at Protective Stadium <laughs> and uh, go get the win. Um, right. But, yeah. But just just a couple minutes, Dan. What what do you think? What do you, how do you see CUSA sort, sorting out this year? Do you, do you see it uh, UAB UTSA or what what do you see? Yeah, yeah, because I mean defensively UTSA lost lost a lot, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
but they do have um, wisdom coming back. But they they lost a lot, else you know, uh, depth wise defensively. But on yeah. offense, UTSA got a lot. I mean, they lost Sincere McCormick. You know, that's that that was the, the guy there. But mm-hmm. I mean, they got they got most of their offensive line coming back. They got Frank Harris at quarterback, who is very good. Mm-hmm. And they got him coming back, and they have their receiving core. They that that receiving core was very very good to say the least. Oh yeah, there's some playmakers and on that team. Yeah. They had some playmakers up there, and they returned all three of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, you got to think um, that that's that's the team to beat. Now, when they meet us, it's going to be interesting because I think we have the defense to contain their offense at least. You know. We'll see where we at health wise. I mean, that's way down the line. So both yeah. teams, you know, injuries are a part of the game. It's going to be the case for both teams. That's why I love our dip, especially on defense. You know, on defense, guys are going to go down. That's what it is. But we we have if we have one corner go down, we have good guys to come in and replace them. And and we uh, we have the dip everywhere on the defense. Um, so. I think the story is going to be our defense versus their offense, but I think we, I think our offense in that regard is better than their defense. If that makes sense. If if we're looking at it, it does. Yeah, it and does. um, so I think our, I think our overall gameplay will be able to conquer theirs, even though they're right, they're right there on our heels because they've just returned so much. They got so much experience. They're playing a uh, big game. So I'm so. I think I think that's going to be a good team. I'm um, interested to see about Western Kentucky. Yes, like, as you noted, you know, um, that's one of the games you got highlighted. It's one of the big games, um, you know. So I'm, I and I want to see what what they're going to look like after losing their offensive coordinator and after losing Bailey over there, mm-hmm. and then they lose the receiver as well. Yes, so, they did. They lost a few guys. Yeah. Um, yeah, I know they had one big time. Can't think of his name right now. Uh, but they had one guy that was awesome at <laughs> receiver, and 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 they lost they lost a lot on defense too. I, I wonder where Western Kentucky is going to be at. I don't. I kind of don't know where to place them on this picking order. We're going to have to kind of see them, see what you know, play it play it out. Um, De- definitely. What you think about Western Kentucky? What you expecting? I mean, I so with Western, I, I think they'll have a little drop back. I, I've seen some people say that they uh, they will be contending again for the Conference USA at the top. I don't think so. I think they'll be kind of middle of the pack in Conference USA this year, um, and, and especially too losing D'Angelo Malone on the defensive line. Like that guy was a playmaker coming yeah, off the edge yeah, from the Hilltoppers. So, um, but I did want to just mention real quick. I well, I agree with you that I do think it's going to be UAB UTSA. But a quick note on UTSA, Darian. I mean, this is a team that this is not inconceivable to think, but they can start the season zero and three. Because you look at the start of their schedule, they 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 open up at home in the Alamo Dome against Houston. But this Houston is going to be a very talented team this year. Second week, they got to go to Army, which that's going to be you know that's gonna be another thing uh, up at West Point with the that's gonna be a, that's option. gonna be a brawl. That's like playing in a phone booth. You know that's gonna be mm-hmm. a brawl. And they kind of took it to them in the Alamo Dome last year. Um, and, and then the week three, you got to go to Texas to play. You know, to go to Austin, Texas. So uh, if, that is. If, uh. if they if they start zero and three, 
is there a chance that the wheels start to fall off and the team maybe just say forget it? I, I don't think so, but you got to think like if you start zero and three, like maybe there's some doubt in the minds, like hey, maybe we're not as good, and maybe they start tanking. I don't think that'll happen. I just thought that was worth bringing up on the show when discussing yes, yeah. USA and UTSA. So hey, if they somehow start zero and three, then that tank. I mean, they could kind of fall off real quick if if uh, yeah, but they can't get it together. Yeah, but. You know, North Texas last year started off like one and six or something. Gee, and then rattled off five in a row and beat UTSA. Yeah, so you never know. Yeah, yeah, they ended up beating UTSA. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but as a player, if you start off 0-3, I can tell you, because I've been on part of losing team. I mean, UAB, one of the UAB teams I, I was on was like a losing team. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it messes with your psyche. Even if you're one of the, I was one of the leaders of guys that was going to go out there and play hard every game. I wasn't going to be any doubt. You do start kind of wondering about some of your teammates. Like if you are that type of guy that, mm-hmm. Hey, I'm going to go out there. I'm going to play. I got so much to play for. I'm playing for this team. But that started creeping in your mind. Like, do y'all want it? Like I do. Mm-hmm. Like, like who right. can I really depend on? It becomes fractured. And, you know, if you're a team that's dependent on cohesiveness and unity and love and brotherhood, if that gets fractured, it's kind of hard to make it through. So that's a good point. I, I didn't even notice that. I do yeah. think that's a possibility. And, and, again, hey, nothing but respect for the Roadrunners and what Jeff Trailer has done just in a couple years there in San Antonio. But definitely like that, I think they've got the fir- the hardest first part of the schedule. Well, Rice has a hard, has really a hard, brutal schedule too. But, yeah, just looking at UTSA, hey – Won the championship last year in the conference, but you start 0-3, and you might start doubting. I'm having some doubts on the team. So just just something to look at. And real quick, too, I did have two surprise teams out of Conference USA this year, and I think, you know, you just mentioned North Texas. I do expect them to um, have a decent year, and maybe they could make a run for uh, competing for the championship. But also Charlotte. Will Healy, you know, he brings back uh, Chris Reynolds at quarterback. Um you know, maybe they can get some things going in the right direction. Just barely missed a bowl game last year going five and seven. But having Chris Reynolds back is huge. Um, and maybe expect them to, you know, kind of take that next step. And, and let's be honest, Darren, we want these teams. I mean, we, we want obviously we're going to beat. We want to beat these teams, but we want these programs to start trending in the right direction. You know, we want Rice to start doing better. We want uh, Charlotte to start doing better because you because these teams are coming to the American with us, you know. So they right, we right. want them to start kind of building, heading into the American Conference, so we can just have a great conference in, in the American. Um, but but right. that's, about, that's that's about it on Conference USA, I think, from me at least. I'm, I'm interested to see. I'm interested to see if UTEP keeps their momentum going. Was it? Oh, good point. Good point. Yep. It, you know, show um, you got to show us again. Got to show us again. Right, I, I'm not sure. I don't. I didn't think. I don't. I don't think I bought it all the way. Mm-hmm. Um, they uh, they had an easy schedule last year too. Yeah. So let's see. Let's come on. Let's like you said. Let's show us again. I think I'm interested to see if um, I want to see what direction FAU goes. Um, ah, good point. Yeah, good point. I feel like they're like middling. You know, it's like you know in the NBA when you have teams like the Indiana Pacers mm-hmm. or. You have those teams that's just kind of like the Charlotte Hornets. It's kind of just like, yeah, you you know, like, are you a playoff team? Or if you are in a playoff, you're like an eight seed. That's mm-hmm. kind of where I see FAU and and um and teams like that. Like, 
Yeah, it's Nikosi Perry, really. Is he? You know, I don't know. You know, um, I think North Texas will trend up. I got yeah. faith in them. I think Charlotte. I think I, I have my eye on Charlotte. I mean, FAU, Middle Tennessee, yeah. You yeah, know, Middle Tennessee, I, I, that, that's just a program that's trending in the wrong direction. I just La Tech. La Tech, know. I mean, yeah, hey, what, what's what's uh, what's the coach's name? Uh, oh, what's the new coach? Uh, uh, Sonny Cumber, yeah, coming from Texas mm-hmm. Tech. Hey, what's he going to do with this program now that uh, that uh, Skip Holtz isn't there anymore? So, yeah, guy, I want to see it. Yeah, show me show me what You're you right. got. So the only team I just expect to just be down bad is FIU. Yeah, if I use just a door, I mean that's just a bad, that's a bad athletic program right now. <laughs> that's just, that's just, it is what it is. Let's keep it real. That's exactly. It's just a bad program, man. It's just not, you know. I'm pretty sure. Hey, but um, Eric Henry, hey Eric Henry does a great job covering that uh, the beat for that team through Underdog Dynasty. So shout out Eric if you're listening to this. I don't know if you are, but shout out. He's fighting a good fight, my brother. But, you know. <laughs> But um yeah, so I'm I'm interested to see like what what directions a certain team take because I I do think it's a lot of middling, mm-hmm. and you know a lot of middling teams. And, you know you take you take um I was about to say Marshall, but you take FAU leading that pack of the middling teams, which mm-hmm. the Kentucky all these way. So I do think it's a, a clear hierarchy. UAB, UTSA, they could be upset by Charlotte. Type of team that could uh, Charlotte and I put I put Charlotte in North Texas because mm-hmm. the way North Texas ended the year, yes. Um, but and I'm not buying into the UTEP hype. No. Um, but I mean, they could they could force people to buy stock about how they play this year. You know, they got some good momentum going. So maybe, maybe. Other than that, I'm not really. You know, I don't. I don't feel really. You know. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah, and hey, this week, this Saturday, we've got some football in Week Zero in Conference USA that you guys can check out some of these teams. Um, Charlotte and FAU play this week. Uh, North Texas and UTEP play this week, and also mm-hmm. Western Kentucky plays against Austin P. But um, yeah, you got some Conference USA action, so we'll be able to watch some of these teams a, a little bit okay. this weekend. And you know, let's hey, go, let's go. I'm ready. So, well, that hey, and Darian, at the beginning of the show, I said we was gonna have what thirty minutes. We're at about an hour now. So, yeah, um, I think so we much, just love talking football, man. That's, that's what it is. is. Hey, somewhere Steve Irvine is chuckling because I told him when I brought you on, I said, Steve, when you, I'm not gonna have any more than long episodes again. And look at look at us. We we've gone over an hour. What for three weeks in a row? <laughs> yeah, hey, I, I think that's just a good showing of the, our chemistry, though. Like we That's have right. great chemistry. I enjoy talking to you every time, uh, whether you, whether it's on the pod or off the pod. So, That's um, right. yeah, man. That's all it is. All right, buddy. Well, you want to go ahead and close us out? Hey, y'all already know, Blazer Nation. Let's ride. Go Blazer.